It is Cody Underground. I am Cody Willard, and today I've got a special treat. Steve Gitlin, the Vice President for Marketing Strategy and Communications at what I call AVAV, also known as Aerovironments. Steve, welcome to Cody Underground. Thanks, Cody. Nice to be with you. Um, tell us a little bit about Aerovironment and its business and what you guys do currently. Aerovironment was founded in 1971 by world-renowned innovator Dr. Paul McCready, who, among other things, developed the world's first human-powered airplane. That led to a series of world's first innovations, including seven vehicles in the Smithsonian. And today, we're the leading supplier of the smallest kind of unmanned aircraft system, the kinds that fit in the backpacks, can be launched by hand, that are very easy to deploy and provide information directly to the people who need it, where and when they need it. And that's really the niche we've created, and that whole part of the market has grown, and we see significant growth potential ahead of us. Well, currently, your guys is, correct me if I'm wrong, but Aerovironment's primary business and the biggest chunk of your revenue comes from military applications. That's correct. The largest adopter of unmanned aircraft system technology so far has been governments and specifically military agencies within governments. And it hasn't really broadened out beyond that into commercial markets yet because in the U.S. and most other countries, here we have the FAA, and the FAA does not allow the broad use of unmanned aircraft systems here in the U.S., not yet at least. That's supposed oh. to change next year. Okay, which I, your answer leads me and segues us perfectly then to the next question. When will we start to see some of your products and other unmanned aircraft um, in mainstream commercial and consumer hands, markets, applications? The, that's really going to depend on FAA regulations. The FAA has been uh, mandated to develop rules that allow unmanned aircraft systems to operate domestically by September 2015. And they've said they're on the path to doing that. However, we're going to have to wait and see what happens on that date and if those rules are issued, what those rules say. It's possible that those rules could restrict the use of unmanned aircraft systems so that we may not be seeing the wide, their widespread use quite so soon. It'll all depend on those rules. What would be the best case and the worst case scenario uh, in your mind uh, uh, with the legislation coming down the pipe then? Well, look, we're all interested in maintaining a safe and effective national airspace system because many of us travel in the, air, in the airspace and we all live under the airspace. And the FAA's done a remarkably good job of maintaining that safety. So what, whatever happens, we think it's in everybody's interest to make sure that there are standards developed for anybody who's authorized to operate their unmanned aircraft systems in the airspace. They would have to follow those standards. And then um, we'd like to see a, a thoughtful deployment or opening up of that airspace so that there's experience gained by agencies and organizations, um, and gradually that's expanded over time. Okay, great. What would be over time? Are you talking five years, ten years, twenty years? It's anyone's guess. There's there's no way to predict what that time frame is going to look like. Uh, we believe that we have solutions that are effective, that are safe, that are reliable. Look, they're proven out by 
over a million hours of operation by the US military in some very hostile environments. So we believe we understand this market and what the technology requirements are to make it successful. Um, we're optimistic that it's going to open up. We're, we're eager to continue working with the FAA and other government agencies to demonstrate how beneficial this technology is going to be for businesses and for the public. What then is the potential market size down the road in five or ten years for you, uh, for AeroEvironment specifically? The, uh, the only market study I've seen is one that was issued by the Association for Unmanned Vehicle Systems International, or AUVSI. Last year, they commissioned an economic impact study that calculated a total economic impact of more than $80 billion in the 10 years following uh, UAS integration. Now, who knows if that number is correct or not correct, but however you slice it, it's an awfully big number. I recently we, had... The, I recently had the CEO of UADSI on the show here, Tom, uh, Tom uh, Toscana, uh, Toscana, and um, I told him, and we were joking about how small that number really sounds, because if you account for all of what I'm going to call the drone economy, with the chipsets and the software and the people being hired and the wild different applications, not just unmanned flying vehicles, but all kinds of uh, other drones. We're talking a trillion-dollar market in a, in about ten years. I, I, I and that's why I was asking about your company specifically. Could you give me some more idea? Yeah, you know, one thing we've learned in forty years of innovation is that predicting the timing and the rate of adoption of new solutions is really, really tough. So uh, we're we're committed to the belief that unmanned aircraft systems are going to provide huge benefits to our economy and the global economy. And, and it, as much of that, they're going to save lives and they're going to protect property and they're going to enable new businesses that we probably haven't even thought of yet. And being on the forefront of that movement is it puts us in a really exciting and interesting position to help shape what that's looking like. Uh, that said, we, we, uh, don't do our, we, we don't really talk about what we think that market size is going to look like other than we think it's going to be significant. Okay. Well, great. Is there... Anything I'm not asking that I should be that um, you think is crucial here to the drone revolution, um, you know, concept that I'm talking about over the next five to ten years? Uh, the the buzz around this space has, has attracted a lot of startup companies, a lot of really innovative and interesting people um, to address this space. And, and, and we think it would be a mistake for anybody to conclude that, because the systems we make look small, they must be like toy radio-controlled aircraft. They're far from it. They're highly sophisticated, highly engineered um, technical systems that are complex in nature but are designed to be easy for people to use. So it's really important that we respect and maintain the safety of the national airspace system, and, and we keep in mind the importance of those standards and those requirements to make sure it remains safe as we integrate on many aircraft systems. So don't, don't uh, you know, folks that are looking at this space um, shouldn't necessarily conclude that they can just buy a radio-controlled airplane and put it up in the air and go into business. That, that wouldn't be prudent, and ultimately that wouldn't serve the interest of uh, the broader industry and the economy. We think it's an exciting space. We think there's tremendous potential and we're, exciting, we're excited to be uh, in the opening stages of it. 
Steve Gitlin, stock symbol AVAV is AeroVironment's uh, symbol there. That's why I call it AVAV. Um, and uh, Steve is, as I mentioned earlier, the Vice President for Marketing Strategy and Communications. Thank you so much for uh, joining me here today on Cody Underground. Thank you, Cody. And anyone interested in more information can go to our website at avav.com. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Excellent. Before I let you go, one last fun thing. Uh, I need a song of the day. Song of the day? Yes, sir. Um, uh, celebrate. Celebrate? <laughs> That's right. Celebrate. Oh, all right. I love it. I'll put it on. Thanks so much, Steve.